I do, I do indeed have the dignity to warn you that I'm going to burn you. But you don't know what my burn is yet, and that's that's the the truly, the truly great thing about this. Is it a sick burn, Rob? Let me just say that I don't think you'll be able to give this episode two thumbs up. No, oh, you got me. <laughs> you got me. About a tattoo, a tattoo. Yeah. Uh, where? Okay. No, no. But we pay people to oh. get a tattoo of the Game I Found logo to be like human billboards. For yeah, our it's show. called humanizing. No, wait, that's the advahumaning. Advahumaning. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like the kind of buzzword that would be, you know, pandered about by um, entrepreneurial types on the internets and stuff. No, like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they love human. Uh, what did I say? What was my first thing? Uh, human slavery. Off to a great start, as per usual. Uh, no, I... <laughs> slavery jokes aside, <laughs> I think it would be a great idea to tattoo the Game Life Balance logo yep. on your body. Yep. Preferably somewhere that's very visible, like, for example, your forehead. Yep. Um, I think that's a guaranteed winner, not only with the ladies, but with... Um... So, wait, I've got an idea. Okay, so... <laughs> Thanks for jumping in there, because I had no idea yeah. how to finish that sentence. <laughs> no, no, no. So... The Game Life Balance logo, for those of you who don't know, it's like a, it's a, a game controller and uh, a line through the middle mm-hmm. and a briefcase. Yes. Right? You know, work life, game life, you know, great pun, we, we're geniuses. Mm-hmm. But what if I get half tattooed on one buttocks and the other half on the other buttocks? Because people see my buttocks a lot and then the line down the middle... The crack, if you will. I, I see where you're going with it. Could totally make out the logo. Except <laughs> on the logo, it's kind of at a bit of a slant, so I'd have to get it on a slant. So whenever I moon someone, I'd have to kind of turn off to the side somehow. Every, every time you wear your your, um, your mankini out in public. people <laughs> Which get, is a lot. People will get a lovely view. And I, yeah, but the thing is, I need to turn on my side slightly, like diagonally. And it just looks like I'm doing a really bad 80s dance. <laughs> you can dance if you want to and see uh, my butt behind. God. <laughs> Do we need to pay royalties to men without hats for that? I think, I think you've sang just enough of that song that we don't have to pay them royalties. So, And it was a parody as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, we're in the clear. We can always claim that we were, we were um, doing satire there. So, Well, we just blame it on the American guys. Yeah, that's right. It was their idea. This seems to be a reoccurring theme in our podcast now. Cody actually sent me an email, yeah. and the subject line was re colon tattooing your buttocks, <laughs> and he spelled buttocks with an X, which I thought was typically American of him. Yeah, very American. They very love nineties. They love spelling things with X's over there. They do. Usually like think three of, of them. Think about Mister X to the Z exhibit. Although actually, the actual word exhibit is spelled with an X as well, which makes me think that Americans invented the word exhibit. But I'm getting <laughs> a bit off topic here. No, no, no. I wanted to see where you're going with that. But we need to get the, the... Because it's a good logo. It's a really good logo. And it, it represents us, the Australian crew, and the American guys as well. Mm. The American crew. The American office. Yes. In, they live in big towers. We live in a big tower. Yeah. We're, we're a multinational corporation. And we, right. But we need to get our logo out there more. I don't know so you... my butt is only the first step. That's right. That's right. It's, uh, it's, it's the, it might be the back end, so to speak. But, you know, we, we can keep pushing it forward through that. Yes, let's push... Let's push your butt forward. Thrust it forward. Oh, they'll be thrusting. Can there be twerking involved? Oh, uh, have you ever seen me twerk? I can barely walk. I'm not sure what would happen <laughs> if I twerked. I'm sure good things. I'd, I'd probably have a buttocks blowout. 
one of them would probably go just pop and then sadly deflate it's just the one buttock forever larger than the other and I'd have to be sitting awkward actually actually, that might get the diagonal line through the middle properly there you go there's the answer so just twerk twerk till you can't twerk no more my boy alright should, should I start now should I should I get up in yo face I, um <laughs> yes no uh definitely work it baby or something is that drop and pop and, and drop and drop and pop um, that, that sounds like drug slang from like the 80s i'm trying to think of like twerking lingo but i can't think of no, anything right now something to do with a wrecking ball get low is that get low that's know. that's like a an australian advertisement for like cheap clothes <laughs> get, get lows Fifty <laughs> percent off twerking at Lowe's. <laughs> those, can you imagine those like those unemployed football st- ex football stars twerking on that ad? That would definitely make me more excited about buying a really bad, ill fitting suit from Lowe's. <laughs> so Lowe's is a, like a, a men's clothing retailer that is on the cheaper side of things, but not <laughs> not the worst quality. Like yeah. they're not terrible quality. Look, it's better than going to the op shop, but but in some ways, an op shop's better because then you get that hipster credit. You don't you get you more don't get, variety. Hipsters don't go to Lowe's. Definitely, definitely and, don't. And Lowe's, you know, they have a lot of workman stuff and they have a lot of school uniforms. Mm. But all the models are advertised, like, who are advertising for Lowe's mm-hmm. are ex-horribly overweight footy stars from the 1970s and 80s. Yes. There is actually a guy called Big Man. <laughs> Not man, Man, who... It actually dresses. I think that's his name anyway. Yes. Uh, he actually dresses in mostly Hawaiian shirts. And he's just got this really <laughs> sour demeanor on all the time. Go out lows. Look those ads up on YouTube. I'm because sure that, there, there's, an, there's an afternoon to waste. I might, find, I might find a link and put it in the show notes, possibly. It might be one of those things that's too Australian to be on YouTube, which is always a sad fact to, to realize. But I'd like to think that Lowe's is forward thinking enough. And, you know, in touch with the youth. I think... To have a YouTube channel, actually. I actually saw this. Uh, I actually saw Big Man himself yeah. from the Lowe's ads wearing those Hawaiian shirts in the most unlikely place on Twitter uh, being retweeted or being tweeted. Who This person had obviously saved the picture by mm. um, her, her um, at username mm-hmm. is at Jeezbra because Jeezbra, all the names ah, are taken. Yes. like So she's like a... She's like this, this really cool person who... Uh, loves Lum Chan, which is like an anime character that I like, mm-hmm. like lesbian in Texas, and mm-hmm. she found this photo and just kept tweeting it. I was like, right. going, what just, you don't, and I'm like, that's Big Man. Like, what, how do you know about this? You're in Texas. Yes. How do you get this guy? And she, uh, did, she went, that's a real person. And I said, oh, yes. Oh, it's a real person. I it was right. a guy in a fat suit. <laughs> Is there, isn't that like. It was like the most unlikely place to like come across that guy in. <laughs> She just thought it was Big Mama House, Big Mama's House Four, or something. <laughs> the uh, Australian edition. Yeah, no, that is a real, a real, a real, very large, uh, larger than life in many ways. Uh, Ex footballer, uh, and he's obviously got international penetration. Yes. So maybe we need to get the Game Life Balance logo on Hawaiian shirts. This is a brilliant idea. This is probably a terrible idea. Yes, it's, a, it's actually a bad idea. I have actually tried to get uh, the logo on T-shirts, and there was this place out near the airport mm-hmm. uh, that. Uh, that had the t-shirts and I went past there one day and I inquired oh um how much for a t-shirt and they said oh it's like 30 bucks or 25 bucks or whatever but you gotta have the copyright to the um to the logo and I went yeah well, we're copyright holders for game life balance so I thought yeah it's fine mm. uh, and I thought alright I'll go back next time and I'll get maybe get one for me and one for Rob uh-huh. I thought that'd be pretty cool yeah went out there again 
Closed down. Damn. <laughs> Not enough business from Game Life Ballads. And I wasn't even thinking, oh, maybe we can go into production. Maybe we can sell t-shirts. No, I just wanted a t-shirt for me and Rob. <laughs> there was no way that anyone's ever going to buy a Game Life Balance t-shirt. Yeah. Except maybe a couple of Americans we know. They, they might be. Yeah. Look, I've, I've often thought that it might be a cool thing to have like a baseball cap or something with yeah. the logo on it for when I'm, you know, from time to time doing, uh, you know, stuff on camera. We can um, report from location. And, yeah. you know, we'd obviously be part of the Game Life Power oh, Show. A microphone with the the logo. Oh, okay. Yeah, the little, yeah. The little block thing, the little cube that goes underneath. And the... we, could go, we could go to the National Press Club. Yes. And... Harangue politicians? And, uh, yeah, I love yeah, it. yeah. It was like, yeah. <laughs> and, like, we could pretend we're, like, a political podcast and just yeah. shove the logo in their faces and, the, and then, oh, <laughs> Game Life Balance, what's that? Okay, uh, another good idea of how to get the show out there. I'm I liking love that. this. I like the idea that someone's at home just watching, watching, you know, the 7.30 <laughs> report or something like that. Or 7.30 as it's known now. Show my age. Uh, and they're watching, you know, you know, Johnny Polly on, te- on telly. You know, good old, good old Prime Minister What's-His-Face. And, and then just out of, out of nowhere, this boom mic lowers from the ceiling <laughs> with a big, like, sort of, like, flag hanging from it. With, like... Game Life Balance Australia, and then like our like Twitter handles or something like that, just lowers, just covers his face. I get the idea, and you know, you know how like our flag, uh, you know this flag, yeah. the Game Life Balance logo would be like black and white, and then you put it on its side, and it looks make look like a couple of squiggly lines. Mm. That might look like the ISIS flag. <laughs> you know, a big black flag with white logos. That can't be mistaken for anything else, right? I'll just I'll run it. I'll say, Here's my new idea. Okay. All right. yeah. it's, the, it's, it's, it's question time in Parliament. Oh, dear. Okay. Yep. Um, you know, the Labour's grilling um, the, the libs on, you know, some policy or other. You know, they're getting, they're getting stuck in. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, you hear this, this, this uh, car screech outside, which is strange because the, the car park is far away from the chamber. And everything in that chamber uh, is soundproofed. Uh, you hear this car sort of pull up with a screech. You hear footsteps, comical footsteps running up. It's sort of like, you know... Like that. Yeah. Uh, the doors fly open. Both doors just... I kick the doors off the hinges. Mm. I run in. Okay. Yeah. I'm wearing uh, Y fronts. Okay. Uh, socks. Okay. For a- added shock value. Yeah. And okay. I'm waving a big black um, Game Life Balance flag with the logo. But, and, you- but I'm going to write Game Life Balance in Arabic because... <laughs> Because I want to reach out to the yeah Ara- no no, no. we're the, we're international the Arab you- speaking population and I'd start screaming at the top of my voice yeah Game Life Australia <laughs> I like this idea I have a backpack on as well that's very looks very heavy oh <laughs> all crazy people have backpacks yes and then I start handing out books called um, Radical Sect in Islam <laughs> okay as soon as you start handing out a Radical Sect in Islam assassins, assassins that's when people are going to go people are going to go oh it's those game life balance doofuses they're out of it again and I think people will take it well I expect I expect everyone will um, will laugh and they'll, apl- they'll actually applaud I'll get a standing ovation I you I will I, I'm sure you'll get through the front and, door and <laughs> I definitely will get past the security guard so the author of the assassins a radical sect in Islam mm-hmm. uh, Bernard Lewis yes is he still alive do you know I don't actually know because I think this book was when was the when was the first edition published? All right, of the first book? edition published. <clears throat> oh, it doesn't say. Uh, look, it's probably nineteen sixteen, so I'd say it's unlikely that he's still alive. First published, Great Britain, nineteen sixty seven. No, I, I'd say I'd say he's <clears throat> long dead. It's, it's probably roll, rolling in his grave every time we upload one of these episodes. But... 
No, I was just gonna say because like we could we could get we could get our dedicated fan base, like two people. Yeah. Um they could go onto the Amazon page and just say, I ha- I heard about this book through Game Life Balance Australia. <laughs> right. This is such a great book. Thanks to Game Life Balance Australia. That is another way we can get ourselves out there. And this guy would be you know, if he was still alive going, Well, this is Game Life Balance Australia. <laughs> Nonsense. And we get another dedicated listener right there from him. I'm sure he'll tune in. I'm I'm sure, even if he's dead, we'll <laughs> From Beyond the Grave. <laughs> We'll lower, we'll lower a, um, a Walkman, I was going to say iPad, I don't want to spend money on like some sort of iPod, but a Walkman, we'll, we'll, each episode will be recorded on the tape and we'll lower it slowly into his grave. <laughs> we'll dig, we'll dig, okay, this, okay, tell me this is, if it's going too far with this joke. Okay. We, we dig up his, his grave. We exhume him, right? We exhume the corpse. Of Bernard Lewis. Esteemed, this is assuming he's dead. He might not be dead. Esteemed author and 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 noted scholar on um, Islamic culture. Mm-hmm. We we just and we just fill his coffin up with tapes of our show for fun for <laughs> for, for a bit of a lull. You see, that's that that would be great because like and we thought about... ourselves doing it, of course, <laughs> and upload it to YouTube. You I'm know? sure his family would be very appreciative. And we write we write prank video in all caps at the start. <laughs> that's what the the video would be called. Prank video. <laughs> We got, we got a Bernard. totally sick prank today. <laughs> prank. We both, yeah, we'll, and we'll, we'll just basically talk to the camera a lot and say, like, check out this sick prank. And then we have a lot of, like, smash cuts to us, like, digging up his grave and stuff. Um, you know. I, I, what I really like about this is that when archaeologists dig dig this poor bastard up, mm. like, thousands of years by now, they'll go, wow, this guy really liked that that really obscure Australian there you go. podcast. And there you go, then. Another another couple of, uh, of dedicated listeners right there. Shit. He's alive. Damn it. <laughs> Bernard Lewis. I just looked him up. Bernard Lewis, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's not sorry. I, I He was w- born on the 31st of May, 1916, age 100. Can I just say- We are insulting a 100-year-old man. We've reached new heights. Can I, can I just- On Game Life Balance Australia. <laughs> take that, 100-year-old man. Uh, I just like to say at this point, uh, two things. One, this is satire. Yep. And two- it's all Cody's idea. Okay, yes. Cody, you're a bad man. I heard he had a bit of help, though. Yeah. Yeah, from that no good Nick. That, well, you mean noted drug dealer... Uncle Stabbo. Co- yes, I do. Jonathan Uncle Stabbo Martin. <laughs> Interna- <laughs> well, everything on International there. drug kingpin. I mean, for all we know, this might be out of date, but it actually says it, there is no date of death. It just says age 100. So, um... Go Bernard Lewis. I yeah. Think, I think... He's I really... I mean, he's 100, right? The, the Queen jumps out of a cake for you at that yeah. age or something? He's probably had a nice letter from the Queen at this point. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed your work from you Game Life Balance. You know what? Maybe we should forge a letter from the Queen. God. <laughs> you know a terrifying... Here's a terrifying thought. Yeah. So it's very easy to set up Google notifications. Yeah. Whereby you get, you know, a notification in some form or other, typically mm. an email... When someone online mentions you or your work, oh and I have this terrible, this terrible sudden fear that his agent, if he has one, <laughs> is receiving notifications about our podcast mentioning it, and God forbid that this podcast ever graces his desk, <laughs> uh, because then bad things. Because I look, I'm not, I'm it's not. A, it's a legitimate book. Yeah, it was just this whole thing started because I reached over to your bookcase. <laughs> I was aiming for. Um, Sun Tzu's The Art of War, and I missed yeah. by uh, possibly a shelf, yeah. and got The Assassins, A Radical Sect in Islam. And I just found that, that that I just randomly picked a book off your shelf, and that was it. It's a strange book to harp on like this. and maybe It, it really is. I think, maybe that's why you find it so funny. I think it is. But other people find it funny too. It's not just me. 
Because it is, like, it is literally just a book about the assassins. It's not... It's, it's, there's nothing, like, comical about this book. Like, No, I'd imagine there wouldn't be. But um, that, that's what makes it comical. Yeah. It's the lack of comedy that makes it funny. <clears throat> Much like our podcast, Game Life Balance Australia. What are you listening to right now? It's 15 minutes in and we may as well introduce the show. What do you think? I am Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. I am joined by my esteemed colleague and uh, radical Islamist assassin. <laughs> I'm not... not d- d- but d- <laughs> d- d- Historian. <laughs> radical Islam historian. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Robert Rob Bailey. This is Stream of Nonsense. Uh, if this is your first ever Game Life Balance episode, I feel so sorry for you. But I would feel sorry for you anyway, no matter how we started this. Stream of Nonsense means that there is no format. We throw the format out the window. No featured game. Just us talking for hours on end. God, not hours. Please, no. <laughs> yeah. Look, around about an hour and a half would be good, perhaps. But uh, we'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We really need to like not go talk for hours. Yeah. Yeah. We need to rein it in a bit. Uh, so yeah, it's a good ex- it's a good excuse to just like kick up our heels. But the thing is, like mm. over the past five or so episodes, yes, uh, the majority of them, it's fair to say, have been a little rambly. Yes, I think that's fair. and kind of stream of nonsense. Like I did yeah. with Cody last week when um, when you were sick. Yes, and uh, I hosted and had Cody on as a guest or mm-hmm. as a guest co-host. Um, we did tend to ramble. And yeah. there was a prediction saying that that would be the case and that we, <laughs> we would troll each other. And yes, that's true. Like, I I had a lot of trouble reining us in mm. because, God, I just thought we were being so entertaining. <laughs> Look, I thought it was a good listen. I mean, at someone who's completely not biased. Um, I thought, I think you did a good job. But I, I will say I've recorded with Cody as well. And um, he has this, br- he has brimming enthusiasm to talk about video games. And, and sometimes... Uh, you know, and you're interested in what he has to say as well. He he, he rarely says things that are not of merit. Mm. Um, and so I think like from... It, it tends to yeah. prod the podcast forward yeah. a little bit in terms yeah. of length. And I think it's fair to say it became a little ram... Not rambling, but it mm. certainly took a couple of tangents sometime. Yeah. As did the episode with you. As did our episode back, you know, we recorded a little bit longer. Yeah. And yeah. people are saying, yeah, maybe you should go longer. And I'm saying no, <laughs> yeah. because you don't know what will happen. It'll just keep going and going and going. Because if two hours becomes the new normal, then the stream of nonsense will be three hours. And then inevitably the three hour one will become normal. And then before you know it, we'll literally all we'll be doing is recording this podcast. All the time. And and we'll and we will just die of starvation because we don't make any money. Maybe from maybe that's their plan. <laughs> <laughs> They'll finally talk themselves to death. <laughs> so uh, it's fair to say it is fair to say, Rob, that you've yeah. had a bit of a rough trot lately. Yeah, I have. I have. Should we get into that now? Get yeah, out of the way? yeah. I, I think I think we've 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 talked we've we've talked the talk on uh, on how to get our name out there. Yeah, and, uh, we, we can always come back to that. Some great ideas. I, I've got a I've got a bit of an audio special for you a little bit later on, oh, which brilliant. I want to do soon. But yeah. but first, I thought I'd ask how you are. Yeah, sure. All right, let's get into this, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so not good. Moving on. <laughs> um, no, look, the thing is. The thing is, so I, I wasn't I wasn't here last week, uh, last time we recorded. I keep saying week, but we don't record weekly, but it's just a force of habit. Uh, yes, I wasn't here for the last episode, and uh, maybe you were thinking, well, why why wasn't I here? Um, so what happened was uh, I felt very badly ill um, with uh, sort of just like a really, really bad cold, I guess you'd call it. And because, it was an ulcer on your esophagus Yes, as well? so that had that... It, it it was it started off as just a really bad cold and then coincidentally 
I developed a um, an ulcer, um, like the same kind of ulcer you get, you know, on your gums, like a just typical sort of oral mm. ulcer, um, in possibly the worst place that you could ever have an ulcer, which is right on the back of your throat. So it was difficult uh, to swallow. Yeah, I had a sore throat already because I, I had a cold. Um, it was one of those colds where you just you get a really bad sore throat followed by a cough. Um, so it was already tough to swallow, but having the ulcer there as well um, made swallowing like extremely painful, like mm. so painful that that I would wince in pain like every time. Um, and that's you know that's bad. And you can and I found that painkillers didn't work. I took all sorts of painkillers, none of them worked. Um, the worst part of that was uh, I couldn't sleep. Because you don't really realise until you have a bad sore throat how often you have to swallow to, you know, deal with the saliva that just just it builds up, you know, builds up yeah. in your mouth. And of course, the more you think about <laughs> saliva, the more you salivate yeah. as well. Like I mustn't salivate, mustn't salivate. Oh God, I'm salivating. Yeah. Exactly. How long is this going to go on for? The rest of my life? I don't want to live that long. Yeah. So I ended up. There were a couple of nights uh, where I just didn't get any sleep at all. Um, so in addition to being in pain and miserable. I was also in that kind of like haven't slept for 48 hours, you know, nearly insane kind of mindset. Um, so yeah, it wasn't wasn't very good for me. Uh, it took about about a week to get over that. I had I had a week off work. Um, couldn't podcast because my oh, oh, I was losing my voice as well as a result of all of this. So I couldn't. There was no way I could podcast because if I talked for more than like a couple of minutes, um, my voice would start to um, to crack and break. So, uh, yeah, I had to take take it off. Thank you so much, Cody, for filling in because there was no way I was going to be able to do it. Um, so I haven't had a chance to really thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you were you were kind of talking at the time. Oh, maybe we can do it Sunday night and everything. Okay, maybe you should just take this one off. At least, you know, maybe <laughs> sideline this one. Yeah, so pardon me, I just coughed there because you can tell I'm still actually getting over it, which is the worst. Yeah, he's still a little... I mean, <laughs> we had lunch on Wednesday and even then mm. you were a little bit gravelly. I mean, you've yeah. gotten better since then, which is yeah. like two days. Because we're recording on a Friday night. Yeah, like I'm. I, I think I'm. I'm getting. I'm getting over the worst of it now. I think you know. I'm pretty much in recovery mode now. Um, and but, then a great thing happened. Yes. I. Yes. You know. Just. Just when I was at at a low point, and I should mention that during that, I should actually mention before we get to that. Yeah. During that week, my daughter was also sick. So while I'm at home, being more miserable than I've ever been for years, I had to deal with my daughter, who was had a, just a very minor, you know, um, um, illness. And was very happy, and and was you know, full of energy and full of joy, and just just crawling around everywhere, and just you know being a being an energetic, troublesome baby. Mm. And I'm sitting there like miserable, just wishing that I could have a day off to just sleep. You know, uh, I ended up having to call my parents to come over and, and take care of her so that I could get some rest mm. um, because I was at my wits' end and I just couldn't deal with having to take care of a child. Um, so yeah, quite quite a bad week. I was very happy when Ruby was sent back to childcare. Uh, I was like, thank God I don't have to deal with you anymore because I love you, but you are a lot of work and I just need sleep. And it was one of those illnesses where you can't even enjoy it. Like when you have like, this is kind of a sweet spot when you have a cold where too sick to go to work, but not too sick to like sit around playing video games. No, you know, just kind of veg yeah. and watch TV and go, yeah. this will take my mind off things. I know I'm sick, but I'll yeah. just lose myself in the moment of Netflix. But I was so ill that I couldn't even do that. And all I wanted to do was be unconscious. So I was just lying in bed, just wanting to not... not Because I was just like, I just need to get over this. So I, all mm. I wanted to do was sleep to help the process along, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was awful. That was an awful week. Um, so around <laughs> Saturday night, Saturday I started to feel like, oh, I can probably go back to work on, 
on Monday. You you were getting better. Uh, you were starting uh, yeah. to feel a bit peaky. You know, yeah. you, were, you were getting. I was getting. I was getting. I was getting ready to go back to work. Things make... were turning around for <laughs> old friend Rob. You yes. know what? He was he was onto a winner. He thought this is yep. it. I thought I'm really going to go into work tomorrow. Yeah, and then on Sunday night, um, when Meg was uh, just about to leave work, I was taking care of the baby on Sunday, as I do, um, preparing baby food for Ruby in the kitchen. Um, uh, there was an accident involving Blade and my left thumb. Uh, which um, the doctor at the hospital later that that evening described as a partial amputation, um, which is a terrifying combination of words. Uh, basically, um, I mean, you know, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna go in, go hard. Yeah. You know, <laughs> go, go the whole hog. And you know, when when you do something stupid like that, you look down at at, at your um your your injury in like complete just disbelief and shock. You're like, are you serious? Like this actually happened? You know? And then panic sets in, and I was sort of there was about couple of seconds of just sheer panic where I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Then, like, my brain kicked in. I was like, pressure. It needs pressure. I need to stop. I need to, like, you know, get on top of this. Mm. So, wrapped it in um, a uh, tea towel, as you do. <laughs> yeah. um, and, unfortunately, I, I uh, my wife was out of, the, out of the house with the car. Oh, dear. Um, so, I just texted her saying, um, can you please come home quickly? I need to go to the hospital. And oh, then, God, there's blood all over my phone now. Probably should have used the other yeah, thumb. Yeah, how, how I managed to, to, to text... You know, it was... Because I'm, I'm trying to, like, keep pressure on my thumb and yeah. also text at the same time. Um, she was... She had the presence of mind to call her parents, um, who live fairly nearby, and they came around before Meg could, could get home from work. Um, her dad took me to the hospital uh, while her mum took care of, of Ruby. So, wow. that was great. That They, they are absolute saints for doing that. Um... Yeah, I went to the hospital. So um, you went to emergency, I'm guessing? Emergency, yeah. Yep. I was seen pretty quickly, given the state of my thumb. Um, long story short, uh, they took a look at it and went, this needs plastic surgery. We aren't equipped to do that. The local hospital wasn't equipped to really do that. So they sent me home to go in on Monday morning uh, to the big hospital, the Canberra Hospital, um, to go to the plastics clinic. And, and wow. Get, and I mean, because when you when that, you think so. of plastic surgery, often yeah. your con- your first connotation goes to boobs. Mm. I mean, that's I know, just, I, know I do. Yeah, I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah, but or you like, know, you know, like it, facelifts it, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that sort of stuff is like, you know, there is a genuine medical need for that. Yeah. But the first thought to me was, oh, God, Rob's gotten gone and gotten a thumb job. Which is like the worst. I just want, thing I couldn't think. I, I am a terrible friend, I just but need, damn, thumb job sounds funny. My ego needs really sexy thumbs. I just, I just want to have a thumb job. Sounds like something you'd get for like three dollars from a hobo in an alleyway. I've always felt like my my less than sexy thumbs are holding me back in life, and now I have the sexy thumbs that I think I need to excel and and feel good about myself. So, so you, it's about seen, it's about my mental health, really. Um, but no, anyway, uh, yeah, I had to get, so plastic, I think the majority of what plastic surgeons do is actually just helping people who've injured themselves to repair their body and make sure that they don't, you know, look, you know, or, or they have to live a, a life as someone who's like, you know, less than full, you mm. know? Um, I think the, um, the, what, like, what they call it, like, um, elect, elective plastic surgery is probably the, like in the minority of what they do I'm sure it is um, it's just that like you only hear that sort of stuff because yeah. you hear about it on the news or so and so got plastic yeah. surgery and you go oh I can yeah oh they look so fake those big thumbs look so fake to me <laughs> <laughs> my big bulging voluptuous thumbs no but anyway um, so yeah I had to get basically long I don't want to get into the details of it because it's it's quite it's quite awful 
Um, but the long story short is that I've lost um, about half a centimeter or more of the top of my um, of my left thumb. Oh wow! But you um, missed the bone, didn't you? That's... Missed the bone just. But I did take off some of the nail. Ooh, yeah, you um, would have. It's quite, it's quite gruesome. Um, they had to skin, use a skin graft to um, cover up. They basically used what was left at the top of my thumb to like cover up yeah, the top of it. Yeah. Um, I had the and that that was God a couple of weeks ago now. Did you um, did you go under? Like, did you did you have no, a general I had, no? I was or? I was brave. I had local. Um, Very because, brave. Yeah, I, I, I just would have gone. Get me out of reality no. right now. I, out of this purchase. They said you'll be out of here sooner if you have local. And I was yeah, like, all right, let's just do the whatever is quick. Um, and I just didn't look the whole time. Um, but the weirdly, the lo- local anesthetic in the surgery was probably the best part of my day because I finally couldn't feel the pain. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Did you watch um, them do it? Or did oh, you have God, to turn no. Away? <laughs> oh, God, no. I was looking everywhere, but... Well, how, how long did it take? I felt like forever, but probably about 20 minutes, half an hour. Okay. That's not too um, bad. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's it's long enough to like, I wish I bought an episode of The Simpsons yeah. to watch on my phone or something. They did get me, they did ask me if I wanted to look at it. And I was, I was like, all right, I, I just, throughout the whole process, I just decided to be really stoic about it. Mm. So there were no tears. There was no, like, I, I was just like, I'm just going to be a man about this and just deal with it, you know? And so when they said, do you want to look at it? I was like, yeah, all right. Had a look. Um, my heart kind of broke a bit, but, um, they, they said, look, you know, it could be worse. Um, kind of lucky that, it, you know, there's, there's a few, they didn't have to take the nail, the whole nail out. Yeah, that's good. Um, so I kept my nail, which is nice. Um, and basically bandaged it up. I've had this giant sort of like mini football shaped thumb for the last couple of weeks. It, it, it looks like one um, of those, those things that mm. you'd see in like a Looney Tunes when, yes. they, when they get their thumb <laughs> caught in a door and yeah. it kind of goes, it balloons out and throbs. Yeah. And that's kind of yes. like what Rob's bandages look like. Yeah. They, they were quite a bit more, I've still got a bandage on it today. I went to the hospital today and they took the dressing off and, and had a look at it sort of to see how it was going. Um, and it seems to be healing slowly, but, but well enough. Um, but yeah, the dressing I had before was quite comically large, actually. Um, this one is sort of a bit more modest. Uh, <laughs> and I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that as time progresses, it will, you know, eventually just get back to normal. So, uh, the long, long and short of this. hasn't been a great couple of weeks yeah. for you. I think <laughs> no, it's fair to say. It's like been you're... very bad, actually. Yeah. And I've been at times in quite a dark place mentally, but it's, I think I have a natural sort of optimism that tends to keep me going um probably the hardest part was seeing my wife react to all of this because she's been seeing me at my worst when i was ill and not being able to sleep and just miserable Mm. and then to have this happen to my thumb i think it was the straw that broke the camel's back for her in a lot of ways so she she finally saw the (laughs) real rob i no, i think i think because you never you don't really realize how symbiotic uh a a long-term relationship is until one of you is no longer able to do a lot of things. Yeah, and she true. suddenly had to take on a lot of the stuff that I do around the house and the baby care, you know, like just a lot of extra stuff was just dumped on her shoulders. Um, and she's not, she's found that very difficult actually. And I've been trying to help out as much as I can um, in other ways. Um, but there's only so much I can do with only one hand. Um, I will say like, um, I can do 95% of what I used to, but it's things like lifting my daughter. Um, are quite difficult because you, I tend to just go in and sort of hook my hands and like my thumbs yeah. naturally hooks under her sh- her her um, armpits and yeah. can't do that really anymore. Um, I can't wash. One of my jobs was to to give my daughter a bath at night. Can't do that anymore. 
Can't what? wash the dishes. That was one of the, my jobs as well. So Meg's had to take on all these oh, no. tasks, which has made her... Um... But the, the ultimate tragedy yes. out of all of this, it was your left thumb. <laughs> yes. So no console gaming. Yes, I cannot... No gamepad gaming. I cannot operate the left joystick or the D-pad uh, in, in any video games. So it's reduced my options for video gaming quite considerably um, because also I can't use the space like you know for a typical WASD setup for a first person shooter your, your thumb is operating the space bar for jumping yeah so look I could remap the keys yeah to play um, an FPS game um, uh, if I really really wanted to uh, but and then you know the, you use your thumb for a lot of things like con- hitting control uh, alt there's a whole I'm bunch guessing of buttons, you kept you know. doing this a little bit like you not not in terms of gaming, just like yeah. opening the car door or yes. shifting gears or something. It was like something that you do automatically. You don't think about it and go, oh god, it really hurts. Yeah. I actually I bumped it a few times um, by accident, mm. which is terrifying because not only does it send shooting pain into my thumb, but it makes me really scared about buggering up the healing process as oh, well. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Not been great. So I, I tend to just try not to do stuff with my with my left hand. Well, Rob, um, I have got a present for you today. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I actually told you about... I, I saw a video on YouTube yep. earlier on this week. I was actually at my brother's. Okay. And my brother was quoting something. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what is this? And he goes, just look up this. I looked it up and I went, this is gold. This is spun bloody <laughs> okay. gold. All right. So I'm, I want to show you this because I told you, hey, watch this. And I don't think you're in the mood to see something. But basically, I'm going to show it to you now and we'll play the audio for you guys at home. But uh-huh. all you really need to know is that this is an Australian man getting arrested. Okay. Just a moment, you just assured me that I could speak. Sit down inside the car. We're not assuring anything. We're under arrest. Look, I'm under what? Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Have a look at the headlock here. See that chap over there? Get your hand off my penis! This is the bike who got me on the penis before. Get some cuffs. Why did you do this to me? Get some cuffs. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? Oh, that's a nice headlock, sir. Oh, ah, yes. I see that you know your judo well. Good one. And you, sir? Are you waiting to receive my limp penis? How dare you get your hands on me? Ta-da! And farewell. Are you waiting to receive my limp penis? So I've been quoting this all weekend. Just every time something goes fair. This is democracy manifest. The way he rolled his R's was the best part. <laughs> and best so part. for those who were just listening to the audio, I implore you to look it up because oh it is one guy and he's not fit. He's like, I'd say like 50s. Yes. Kind of overweight. A rotund gentleman. Rotund indeed. And it's taken <laughs> at least four police officers to get him into the car while he's making this speech. Yes. About a succulent Chinese meal. I think. I wonder a what? It's important for visual context to... Just throughout that entire... um, I'm going to call it a monologue. um, (laughs) There are four police officers trying to push him into a police car and failing to do so. And uh, look... Yeah, look, bravo to that man. 
you like, know, I, I don't know what heinous crime he was committing. But something to do. Like, we were... My brother and I were, um... We're, we're just kind of theorizing, hypothesizing what his his crime might yeah, be. Yeah, like, what what could he be doing? Obviously, he was in a Chinese restaurant. Are you having a succulent Chinese meal? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. I'm under a what? <laughs> uh, possibly... Uh. Like, we were going like, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe he tried to skip out on the bill, or maybe he insulted someone, maybe he grabbed a waitress. Maybe. Maybe he was eating someone. Maybe he was eating a Chinese person. <laughs> That's right. A succulent, a succulent Chinese meal. <laughs> oh, dear. But I just can't stop quoting that, because there's so many great quotes in there. I think... What made me think was like, well, what's he done that's attracted the uh, attention of someone with a video camera? <laughs> I mean, this is obviously like the 80s or yeah. like the 70s or 80s or ni- early 90s. You yeah. know, Someone with a camera was there to capture this golden moment. I don't know what the context is. If you know what, what the context of that is, feel, please write to us uh, on Twitter or something and, and let us know. Because For all we know, it could be staged, but yeah. man, that is really well staged if it that's, is. I don't think it is. That's great. I'm very, I'm very ha- That's made me happy on, on a level <laughs> that I didn't expect. So. I'm going to keep qu- quoting that. Thank you. I've been holding back those quotes so far. <laughs> like a succulent Chinese meal. <laughs> Ta-ta and farewell. That's that's the last words he utters as he's like shoved into the police car. This is the I see you know your judo well. <laughs> this, he get your hands off my penis. This is the bloke who touched me on the penis. Every time someone grabs like, me in the street, now I'm just going to shout that. It just sounds like someone trying to arrest John Reese Davies. <laughs> you were blistering idiots. <laughs> oh, that's, that uh, is just gold. That is spun bloody gold, as we say here yeah, in Australia. You wanted more Australiana. That's Australia for you. That's pretty much Australia in a, in a nutshell. So, but all the cops were so calm during yeah, that exchange. They're going, yeah. "Get in the car, sir. Get in the <laughs> car." While they're manhandling, trying to shove him in the door. Do you know what? Because in in truth. He's probably only the third biggest weirdo they've arrested that day. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Like, this guy's like a, cake, a piece of cake compared to the, you know, the fellow with, like, the, the swords for arms and, like, the <laughs> wearing, like, his wife's bra and, like, standing knee-deep in a bucket of his own urine. You know, um, <laughs> there was actually an incident. No, there was actually an incident in Adelaide, I think it was, uh, during, I think it was uh, Rundle Mall, which is, like, the main mall area, yeah. where a kind of trench coat ran down, pulled out a katana, and shouted, I am the Highlander! Oh Imitating the, the um, what, Connor McLeod from the movie Highlander. Yeah. Took three officers to get him down, oh apparently. This must Made been, national news. This must have been before they had, like, tasers and pepper spray and stuff like that. Like, I, I think Australian police like the hands-on approach. I think yeah. it's fair to say sometimes. Like, we can't really shoot this bloke. <laughs> yet. <laughs> um... <laughs> Alright. You go for the ankles. <laughs> so, oh, man. change the topic. Yeah. I can go, I, I can just watch that over uh, and over and over and over again. Because so it's gold. Uh, that cheered me up a lot. You know, I've needed, I've needed things over the last few weeks to, uh, to put a smile on my face. Mm. And that's, that's definitely one of them. Yeah. A good succulent Chinese meal. Yeah. Uh, so what games have you been playing? Well, you, yeah. You, I mean, you... That's you, a good segue, I guess. I guess, you know, I mean, you've, you've got to have been playing something because I yeah. know you. You wither and die without video games. Yeah, I need... Because to me, video games are, are, are like therapy in a lot of ways. Like, it is... It is... Um, I think everyone needs something to do when they get home from work other than sit there and dwell on, like, deep 
existential thoughts. Like, you know, like, oh my god, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. So, <laughs> to, to, in order to keep those demons at bay, my my preferred method is is to play video games. Um. So, uh, yeah, I had a, a lot of thought. Obviously, I can't play anything with the controller. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing The Witcher three. I started playing it, but I've been using a controller to play it. Oh dear. So I thought, well, look, I'm gonna have to put that on the back burner. Um, is it a physically demanding game in terms of control? Yeah, look, the combat is... Um, well, look, okay, so you can actually pick your difficulty setting, and, and that actually translates to, like, how hard do you want the combat to be? Mm. I chose the one that was, like, you want a bit of a challenge, you know, like, not the cakewalk option. You want, like, but there was one that was, like, beyond that, which is, like, you you are a hardcore gamer and you demand, you know, a challenging... I was like, no, that's not really me. But I wanted <laughs> one that was, like, you know, gives you a bit <clears> of... It's not just a, a walk in the park... And it's a very um, lengthy game too, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you have to hit because you you're you're the the style of fighting that you use is um you're very agile you and you use a lot of dodging. Um, there are enemies in the game that have heavy armor and and you know a big shield and and so forth. Uh, but that's not the style that of Geralt um or Geralt Geralt. I think Geralt is it Geralt. I, I'd imagine I don't, it would be Geralt. People Geralt. Are, again, people at home are raging right now, but I'm going to say it's Geralt. Geralt. Geralt sounds like the yeah. kind of bloke that you you go down to the pub with and and maybe yeah. play a game of backyard yeah. cricket with every Look, second. This is my first Witcher game, so forgive me. And I haven't read the novels or anything, so. But I'm going to say Geralt. Anyway, he does not use heavy armor. He uses his agility and 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 also his sort of like Witcher abilities to to defeat his enemies. Which basically boils down to using a lot of parrying and dodging. So you have to hit you have to hit the dodge button and the parry button, etc., at exactly the right time. So, uh, so, so what, yes, very Twitch heavy. Uh, what you should have done during this, yeah. you you could have started your own genre of mm, of uh, of YouTubing called pain tubing. Oh god, where you just you're going ow ow oh. ow ow every time you parry. I'm sorry, that's. I, I'm trying to laugh at that, but it just yeah. like, immediately my face is just wincing. I can see. Like, I've it. had some pretty bad injuries myself uh, in my time, and I know yeah. exactly the yeah. kind of like. As soon as you think about that, like yeah. I'm forever in fear of dislocating my knee. Yes, because yeah. if I do that one more time, I want a walking stick for life. Yeah. So that's not even a joke. Uh, no, it's, it's quite perilous. But, so, but sometimes I, I try and find the the humor. Yeah. So I yeah, and like sometimes people had a couple of good jokes recently, but. Yeah, look, the game I have I have been playing uh, yep. that actually has been wonderful uh, is Stardew Valley, which is a game that um, doesn't really require um, a lot of Twitch controls. Uh, I've been using the mouse and keyboard um, for that, which has worked out rather well. Um, and yeah, I've been getting really deep into Stardew Valley. And it's been great because it is very escapist. It's I get up in the morning, I turn on Stardew Valley, I sit down, and I'm taken away from... The you know ups and downs and the sort of the the woes of of, of my recent uh, events in my life and that's the whole point and of the game isn't it like the whole story is that this bloke mm. is or, or woman you I think you can be a man yeah or you woman. can you can pick to be a female yeah um he's sick of his life he opens an envelope from his grandpa that says when you're finally sick of your life open this opens yeah. it inherits a, a farm yeah goes out to the farm. Yeah. Starts, you know, it's all grown over. He starts becoming a part of the community. He yeah. starts growing... It's all about escaping the rat race. Yeah. And uh, getting back in touch with... Having a sea change or yeah. a farm change. A tree change. change tree change. It. Yeah. And getting away... Oh, there is a, there is a beach nearby. But, uh, yeah, getting away from the, 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 you know, the drudgery of modern office work. Um, and, yeah, getting back in touch with nature and, and, and talking to human beings and building relationships and... Uh, so this this is the bit that's gotten my because I, I yeah. know enough about this game is that <laughs> I know that you can court 
Yeah. Uh, one of uh, several members of the opposite sex, or yeah. indeed the same sex. I think you can go That's through right. a same sex relationship as well, yeah. which is really, which is really cool. I think. Yeah, it is. It's very open, and the the developers deliberately kind of just let let that be an option for you, which yeah. I think is really cool. So. So who did, uh, who did you go for? Right. Did you, so, first of all, did you choose to play as a male? Yeah, this? I did. I did. I, picked, I made my little avatar guy. So you haven't my, you haven't gone the Cody route? Of, no, no. I have, cool, like you haven't gone full Cody. Even if I think even Cody would have trouble because the, the, the it's very pixely. Like it is. It, it's very much. So to back up a little bit, this game is directly inspired by the Harvest Moon series of games, the Nintendo games, and in particular, it's it's trying to capture the aesthetic of the first Harvest Moon game on the Super Nintendo. Um, it has more complex gameplay systems than the Super Nintendo version of Harvest Moon, uh, but its its visual style is very much a 16-bit um, top-down uh, video game. So where I'm going with this is that basically, like, even if you did pick as a female, there's not much to look at. It's it's very pixely, and they're not they're not shapely forms or anything. They're the you know your your um your character is about you know an inch or so high, so there's not a lot you can do with the resolution and the size of the pixels to make a, a sexy female or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. even Cody, I think, would would, would have difficulty justifying I think you neglect yeah. uh, Cody's, Cody's <laughs> true dedication to the female form. Yeah, he is he is an, he is a, an, an aesthete, uh, you know, and a debutante. So, um, I like that one. So you should... Um, so you, you became... So I chose you, a, you're, a male, you're a male character. character. And, and yep. which of the, the male or female characters did you decide to right. court? So I had a bit of a saga with this. So because I know from playing Harvest Moon, I expected this game to be very much like Harvest Moon and it has so far been exactly that. It's very much a love letter to Harvest Moon hmm. by someone who just loves those games and wanted to make one of those games. Um... So I was like, right, well, I'm, I bet what you can do in this game is is flirt with people in the town. And I was right. And there is even a menu that you can open that shows how much everyone in town likes you. Um, a little heart, a heart meter. Gee, I'm glad um, I don't have those in real life. Because, yeah. oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> There's no negatives that it can go to, so oh, I'm okay. not sure how applicable it is to your particular. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so so I was like, okay, cool. That's that's something you can do. Um, and there are people... There are, in that list of everyone in town... Um, it, it marks certain ones as in brackets single so that gives you the clue that this is someone that you can potentially court and with the end goal I assume again I haven't done a lot of I haven't read wikis I haven't been looking at gameplay so I don't know the full extent but in Harvest Moon certainly you could end up getting married and have kids so I'm expecting that this game will give you those that end goal with the with the sort of the um, the dating sim aspect of this game so mm. Uh, I was like, great. Who am I going to? Uh, who am I going to court? Right. Um, had a look about. Uh, now I'm. I wasn't in the mood to sort of role play as uh, you know someone of a different uh, inclination to myself. Sexual orientation. Yeah, yeah, orientation indeed. So I just went ahead and looked at the ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, my first, my, the first girl I thought might be a good option for me, and this actually kind of reflects a lot of the journey of the nerd in, in real life, right? <laughs> journey of the, the nerd. journey of the nerd into the, the scary world of the opposite sex. You go, well, I, I saw a girl who, like, had a had like some sort of video game console in her bedroom, and, and she had, like... <laughs> this sounds majorly yeah. stalkerish. Well, I followed her home. No, drugged just her the, and noticed Well, that it's a top-down her. game. You can yeah, see their bedroom. I know, I know. When you go into the front, the front of their house, right? Yeah. So... I was like, oh, she's got a video game console, and she's seen, and she had like dark hair, and she's kind of like gothy, and her parents are like, oh, she's very like, she always obsessed with doom and gloom and stuff. So I'm like, this is like your typical, stereotypical, like geek girl, right? 
So yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, she's like into like got sort of gothy culture and Shops video at games. Hot topic a lot. Yes, hot topic. Yeah, she probably dyes her hair all sorts of different colors and stuff, and has t-shirts with skulls on them and things. Um, so I thought, all right, I'll try my luck with her. She did not like any of the gifts I gave her. See, every character likes particular gifts. Uh-huh. And one of the tricks in this game is to figure out what kind of gift each character likes. Um, I could not figure out what she liked. And at some point... Did in you the give game, her a dead rat? No. <laughs> I think you can't pick up corpses, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so, and, and at one point she was really rude to me. She said something like, go away. I don't want to speak to you today. And then I clicked on her again. And she was like, I told you to stop talking to me. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I want to build a relationship with someone who's as like erratic and ne- neurotic as this person. So, but on the other hand, you could yeah. have been bugging her a lot. She just could have been mm. sick and wisened up and sick of your antics. <laughs> she just could have gone, "Oh, I'm so sick of this and guy." Everything I gave. Why her, she was won't like, guys take a hint to yeah. just leave girls alone? Because in this game, it rewards you hassling the shit out of them. Oh. Because like you get, <laughs> if you talk to them every day and give them two gifts a week that they like, their heart meter goes up. So. You're very much encouraged to basically, like, you know, hang around like a bad smell. But nothing I did made this girl particularly happy. Um, my gifts were, were shunned. She mm-hmm. rejected my gifts. She kind of was like, oh, thanks for that, kind of, you know, with yeah. everything I gave her. I was like, who doesn't like a nice bunch of flowers or, like, a, like cookies, you know? Who she, is this? she could be allergic. You know? um, so, be, yeah. when she was really rude to me, I was like, screw this. Because, like, she was literally like, go away. I don't, want, I don't want to speak to anyone today. And then I was, like, persisted. She's like, I told her that. And just snapped at me. I'm like, that's it. No, I don't want to date someone who's like this. So I looked elsewhere. Yeah. And this kind of reflects the journey of the nerd in the sense of like, I'm going to date someone who's exactly like me. And then you find out that actually the people who are exactly like me. I could never. Kind of drive you insane. Yeah. Um, Even as a teenager, I never wanted to date someone like me because that, I already drive myself insane. And look, geek girls who are listening, I love what you do. Love your whole shtick. But I've never, every time I've tried to, to date a girl like that, never worked out. Not really for me. So anyway, in, and that was reflected in this game. So I was like, okay, who else am I going to date? So there was another girl in town who um, was really interested in science. You know, she's like kind of like the nerdy girl. Not the geek girl, but like the nerdy girl. Right, she's got this, glasses. Okay, yeah. She's got like, um, she works in like the um, like the doctor's office in town or twice a week. And she's in a lab coat and stuff like that. Um, and at home, she helps her dad out with science. There's like, they've got a whole room in their house, which is full of like microscopes and stuff. Science. I was like, okay. Nerdy girl. She's intelligent. You know, that's my kind of girl, right? Someone who can have an intelligent conversation with, you know. Yeah, and you tried this and what happened? Same basic deal. None of my gifts. <laughs> she didn't like any of my gifts. I even tried thinking outside the square. I was like, okay, well, maybe she's into science. Okay, Dead so. rat, once again. So I was like bringing her stuff like I found like, you know, crystals and stuff from digging in the mines and like unusual sort of like geological objects. None of that interested her. Um, eventually just gave up on her as well. Then I came across what I would... I would call, and I feel almost like bad for talking about it like this, but she's not a real person. So I'm going to say, like the Barbie character, the Barbie doll character. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, blonde, obsessed with um, her appearance. Um, there's a big mirror, big makeup set in her room, and she like has fashion magazines around the place. Very self-centered, very vapid. Um, you know, like so. Basically, is this yeah. is this story going in the direction of I'll take whatever I can get? More or less, because I, I I have a lot of <laughs> I can find flowers like that. Yep. in this game like flowers are everywhere you can grow them you can pick them they're all over the place <laughs> she loves flowers you give her flowers she's like oh my god flowers how did you know I'm like, yes so basically went for the easy option so I'm <laughs> I, now, I knew it I yeah. just knew it <laughs> so I'm I'm courting the girl what likes the flowers 
Um, there's I think another one that likes flowers too, but she wants me my cup of tea. <laughs> so um, yeah, I am I am trying. Wisened to... up to your axe. Really, <laughs> I, I, it, this comes down to sort of min maxing my game. It's like, well, this is just less effort because I could try and figure out what the the geek girl wants or what the nerd girl wants, but that's a lot of effort. This girl likes ice cream and flowers, and they're easy to find. Um, so yeah, I've been giving her flowers a, a, a twice a week. That heart meter is going up. I'm yeah. sure eventually things will work out. Have you? Um, I think there's a dance. Have you been to the dance yet? Or uh, so there's a dance in the in spring, um, which is the first season of the game. So you would have to be doing something extraordinary to get them to like you enough for them to accept your proposal. Because I I went up to her. I was like, "Do you want to dance?" She's like, mm, "No." Kind of thing because yeah. like I see we're really only acquaintances at that point. No, oh, okay. Um, so see that's how I work. Like yeah. I won't dance with anyone who hasn't given me two gifts a week for the past <laughs> season. Yeah, and we're talking three full months, baby. <laughs> I need my flowers daily. Um, <laughs> so look, maybe there might be another opportunities later. I mean, I'm very much approaching this game using my knowledge of of, of Harvest Moon games that I've played. Which is that, you know, persistence pays off. Like Chief Wiggum said, the key to a woman's heart is persistence. So, um, And he is a man of many great wisdoms. Yeah, that's right. So basically, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm surprised to say it, but I'm dating like the valley girl, like a bimbo-y Barbie doll one. So question, how many hours into this game are you? Oh, God, I can actually check my Twitter. I can check my Steam account right now. See, I've heard of this game and I saw it came up in the Steam sale recently and I, I liked the look of it and I thought... 27 hours so far. Wow, that's actually quite a lot. Um, and I'm only like, I'm only in summer. So I've only played spring and summer. Yeah. And, and I was just like thinking, yeah. you know, this is a trap I could easily fall into that I cannot let myself fall into. I at, will say, at this stage, having got this far deep into the game, all I want to do is play this game. Mm. It is very addictive. And I think, without wanting to get into a review for this game, because that's, this is not what Stream of Nonsense is about. We review no. games in our regular episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, there is something really, really addictive about this game, and it's exactly what Harvest Moon offers, which is that um, it's got that thing that like Persona Four has, right? Where there's a daily cycle. You get up in the morning, you got twenty four hours to do pretty much whatever the hell you want. Mm. Um, you've got some long term goals that you want to reach, but how you get there is kind of your own your own decision. It's a very open game, and you're left. I to think your... that's what people like, though. Like, yeah, people really want want an openness. They want goals, but they also want to be able to do their own thing. And I think this yeah. this feeds into that, you kind that of set, tree change fantasy. You kind of set your own goals in this game because it doesn't really... I mean, it gives you like little missions, mm. but they're very short-term missions. And the long-term approach to this game is, is left very vague. Like, you could, in theory, just let your farm go to rack and ruin and spend your whole day just, like, being a bum. Courting um, all the... Yeah, you all could. folk in town. And, you know, you'd be poor and you wouldn't have much money to spend on on stuff but um that would be a, a perfectly acceptable way to play the game i've taken this this approach of like i want to have i want to be a farmer so i've like i've like cleared a fair bit of land on my farm i'm growing corn currently and a couple other things um and it just lets you just play the game how you want you could focus on animals if you want you can be like oh, i'm gonna have cows and chickens and stuff or you could just if you want you could just pack it in and be like i'm just gonna fish all day i'm just gonna go fishing every you day be a fisherman yeah i'm doing a bit of everything you know mm. um uh, but it's it's very open. It's that twenty four hour cycle is is very is very addictive. It's like okay, I've only got this limited amount of time. The clock's ticking down. Mm. There's only so much you can do in a day, um, and it makes you feel like okay, tomorrow I'm going to do all this. And you keep having plans. Like I know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I know what I'm going to do the next day. You're building this sort of plan in your mind of like how I'm going to get to these long term goals. Um, and that 
really just keeps you wanting to play it over and over and over again, you know? It's 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 weird because there's this is a game with no combat, no violence. There's very few games like this. But this could be a palate cleanser for you as well. Well actually I should I should no that's a lie. There is combat. But it's this mini game thing where you go to the mines. Oh, okay, yeah. And you yeah. dig for um ore, and there are like monsters down there. But it's very, it's very much a mini game, a sort of a side thing. It's basically a non-violent um, combination, like a dating sim and like a Farmville sort of a. This just sounds exactly like the original Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon is, I mean, these are great games, and like, oh yeah, yeah. When yeah. I when I played the original Harvest Moon on the SNES, I was blown away because I was I just became addicted to it, like I'm doing with this game. Mm. And I was just struck by how a game with no violence and no, like, you know, high stakes plot. Like, you're not trying to save the world. You're not trying to rescue your girlfriend or any of that sort of stuff. You're just, you're just you know, just trying to turn a buck and um, have a good time in nature. And maybe, maybe you know, get, get lucky with a girl and, you know, have a few drinks at the bar. And just get to know the townsfolk and contribute to society and... You know. all, all the stuff that we should be doing as proper humans yes. in our lives, but don't actually ever do, ever. <laughs> I, it's funny because I give this girl... I like how that's I the fantasy. This, <laughs> I give this girl in this video game two flowers a week. <laughs> I think the last time I gave my wife flowers was like a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, so, you know... What about me? Are you going to give me a... Quiet woman, <laughs> I'm giving my, my virtual, hopefully, wife one day flowers. <laughs> So don't worry. As soon as she becomes a wife, I'll ignore her as well. It's just funny because I mean I don't I can't t- I can't see the hearts meter above my wife. I suspect it's dwindling rapidly. But um, <laughs> yeah, I will say I, I'm really really enjoying that game. Not for everyone, definitely not for everyone. But, Probably not for me. But if you want something that's just escapism and really chill and, and laid back, um, then yeah, really good game. It has definitely been getting my mind off. My um, my health issues. I think so. that's probably the best game for you at the moment. Yeah, like you probably don't need a hard edged combat game at the moment. You probably need something that is yeah. escapism and is something that can occupy your your mind and your thoughts in a different form of mental processing. Yeah, I think that's what's really yeah yeah and definitely really a, a game like the problem with The Witcher is there's a lot of like sword play, a lot of blades slashing mm. blood. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's that's probably not the best connotation for you at the moment. Limbs. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really want to indulge in that right now. So, a game where you, the worst thing that can happen to you is that you get a bit too tired, a bit tuckered out from doing too much farm work. So, uh, yeah, that's been great. So, what? Okay, let's just transition to you. I've been dominating this podcast. All right, uh, what games, the heck have you been doing? Games I've been playing. Yeah, um, yeah I've got a couple of things. I um, first of all, I got my hands on something I've been after for a while. I have, and this seems to be somewhat of a record, <laughs> three working Famicom disc systems. Okay, now. Those things are notorious for breaking, I'd say, 100% of them, of the original hardware Mm. that have not been repaired, are all broken. Wow. Because the belt that spins uh, in the disc system Mm -hmm. uh, was made of, like, a really, really bad sort of rubber that just melted after a while. Wow, okay. And and couldn't spin the... uh, Couldn't, you know, couldn't load the disc anymore. Okay. Uh, I have three which have been repaired. Okay. And, um... There, there was this weird transition where Nintendo genuinely thought that uh, the equivalent of like three point five inch floppies mm. were the future because you could they had bigger space than a cartridge at the time and mm-hmm. could uh, write memory, in other words, saves onto the discs themselves. Sure, big advantage. Yeah, yeah. So this was the original uh, Castlevania, Metroid. Uh, Zelda, The Legend of Zelda, the first one, all had save capabilities on 
the Famicom Disk System. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really like the idea of that system as a retro piece. And I have quite a few of the Famicom Disk System games. But there was one that had eluded me for a little while that I never came across that was cheap enough for me to buy, you know, worth investing in. Uh-huh. And it's a game that we're all probably familiar with, even though it comes under a different name. And that is Doki Doki Panic. Right, yeah, yes. So Doki Doki Panic, first released in Japan, ended up becoming, as most people would know, Super Mario 2 in the West, and later came back to Japan as Super Mario USA. Right, yeah. And it would say, um, look, there's not a lot of differences between that and the original game. I think the original title actually... uh, translates to dream factory heart pounding panic i suppose (laughs) really right uh but uh it's usually just abbreviated to doki doki panic uh and the the uh characters are mostly the same they look different of course but they're attributes of floating all-rounder strong and high jumper that is a little unwieldy in the air Uh Um, which is Princess Peach, Mario, Toad, and Luigi, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all there. Um, the the main difference is that, number one, you can save. Right. Uh, and that's the good thing. You couldn't save in the original uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 in the West. Mm-hmm. That's until, like, uh, Super Mario Wallstone. Yeah. Uh, however, the thing is, to complete this game properly, you need to get all four characters to the very end of like the a... game. So you need to pa- play every world at least four times. At Oof. least. If that's if you don't die. Mm. And you can only save when you get a game over. And it gives you the option to save. You can't just unplug it and clip out. Because it doesn't save automatically. It's not that kind of system. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I gotta say, like... I wanted this <clears throat> because it's the original Super Mario Brothers 2... Uh, version, you know, it's also a good game. Mm. Like the the platforming feels really good. The um, the controls and the jumping feels really good, and I I really like that about that game. So I'm playing through very slowly the original one. Sure, but you do get a bit sick of getting every character because it's the same levels over and over again. Right? Yeah, but I mean, yeah. you could get one character from from go to the end. Yeah, and then do the next one, and then do the next one. But um, I kind of found that the more you do a level, of course, you get better at it. And so I was kind of going, oh, maybe I should just keep getting these guys. Just one by one. Yeah, one by one up there. Okay. It was a, it was a bit of fun. So I'm enjoying that game. I'm glad I got it. Um, I got it for like 25 bucks or something, 30 bucks, which isn't too bad. Mm-hmm. The problem with disc system games is that eventually, because they're magnetic, they'll all degrade, right. most likely. So yeah. uh, I'm playing these while I have the chance. I mean, you know, these came out near 30 years ago if yeah. not 30 years ago it's kind of so, surprising they still actually work yeah so. I mean if you treat them right they're okay mm. uh, you don't put them near speakers you don't pin them to your fridge with magnets you know <laughs> you gotta you gotta keep them in a in a nice you know mild climate mm-hmm. so that's um I've been having a bit of fun playing that cool uh, I, I I did do something which you know it, it kind of put a bit of a sour taste in my mouth okay did you drink lemon juice I Played a Nintendo 64 game. Right. <laughs> now, yep. long That's time. The, the long, video game equivalent of lemon juice. Yeah. Long time listeners would know that I'm not the biggest fan of the Nintendo 64. It's got some great <laughs> games. It had some revolutionary games. In fact, the the original working title of the N64, the code name was uh, Project Revolution, I think, or something Is like that. Is that right? Okay. Something like yeah. that. It was something similar to that. Probably got that wrong and I'll get 100 <laughs> corrections. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> but um, 
<laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Project Revolution was the Wii, right. and Project Reality was the Ultra sixty four, which right. became the Nintendo sixty four. Sorry, I got that wrong, listeners. I apologize. But basically, I don't go to that console very often. It does have some great games. Mm. Now, there's this cartoon series I love called uh, Batman Beyond. Right. Australians would know it as Batman of the Future. It's basically the future version of Batman. He's a teenager trained by a very old, decrepit, and really grumpy Bruce Wayne, okay. which I really love that character because <laughs> he's, just, he's just over everything by that stage. <laughs> um, but the, the only game that came out was based off the, um, the made-for-video movie they had called Return of the Joker. And of course I went out and as a fool, even, you know, in 15 years later, I bought this game. I never really gave it a go. But I went, you know what? I really like Batman Beyond. And this game did get bad reviews, but maybe got bad reviews because it was like a based off a video, based off a TV series. Sure. You know, the, you know licensed games often get a bad rap, but maybe there's some redeeming features. Mm-hmm. Not really. <laughs> So I played this for about an hour, hour and a half. It's kind of like a beat-em-up. You go to different rooms, you beat the characters. The buttons are very much overly complicated. The good thing is that you can kind of switch between suits to and abilities. Like you can have an, a defensive, an offensive, mm-hmm. and a very nimble sort of character. Okay. So, I mean, they all look the same, but their attributes, you know, they do more damage or they're more defensive or, you know, they're quicker on their feet. Sure. But, you know, I, I got... To like the end of the second boss, and I just went. This is just repetitive and difficult to the point where it's like it's it's not like overly difficult. It's just boring and difficult. <laughs> that that stage where you just think I just give up. And there was enough at the beginning to make me think, oh, these have the characters of of the movie, but barely. Right. And they, they they have some of the characters, but barely. And it's just kind of hanging on to the 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 main story, and it doesn't have any of the original music, which is brilliant. Uh, from the um, from the movie, like this really great kind of like rock cyberpunk sort of uh, guitar rock. Okay, and it didn't have any of the voice acting. It just kind of had a couple of stills from from the movie, and I just kind of went, "This just is not good." And I knew it probably wasn't going to be good, but it was so hard to find any redeeming features in it. Yeah, yeah. So I decided, you know, stuff this. You know, threw it in the back of the room. I think I actually may have actually <laughs> thrown it. That's a bad sign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I really wish they'd made one good game out of that series. Yeah, but that's one of the things with licensed games, isn't it? You know, like, they, it was a lot of laziness of like, well, we'll just get this license and make a mediocre platformer and kids will like it. <laughs> but like, you know, that's not actually true. Because um, video games require to be fun a video game needs more than just a, a, a tie-in to a and to be fair some of those licensed games which we might think are awful may have been the game that kids played when they were young that may have actually been more of the target market and enjoyed somewhat maybe you know? but i think for the mature gamer and i don't mean mature as an old i mean mature as in someone who's played a lot of, enough games to be a bit discerning yeah um, definitely just slapping the slapping on the the license of your favorite you know movie or tv show or whatever it's rarely enough to get you through. The problem with this game is that they did try. Like, they obviously saw the source material and they saw the potential and they just made it into something that just did not work. Mm. Like, it seemed like it was getting close in a lot of areas, but yeah. it, but they missed the main point in that it wasn't fun and they didn't make it stylistically pleasing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where they majorly missed the mark. But, you know, for all I know, this game turned to profit and everyone was happy or at least not horribly disappointed. Mm. But, um... I, I, I tossed that out. I, well, I didn't toss it out. I still have the game. 
I tossed it over my shoulder and just went, I need I need a refresher. So uh-huh. I decided, you know what I'm? I'm going to switch on the arcade machine. Sure. So the Game Life Balance MAME Arcade, uh-huh. uh, which we've played many a game on. Oh, yes. I switched it on. Everything's working fine. Mm-hmm. Decided, you know what I want? I want to... I want to play some good old Street Fighter 2. Uh-huh. Just First World Warrior. Sorry, is that... Is that first that? World War. No, First World War. Era. The original Street Fighter 2 <laughs> game. So, um, but first I thought, you know what? I might I might actually, before I get there, uh-huh. I might play a bit of Raiden. Right. So yep. Raiden is a vertical shooter which has like ridiculous power-ups. Uh-huh. Um, kind of more of a modern vertical shooter. You're in a plane, you get, shoot, you know, massive shooters that, like, take up, you know, massive power-ups that take up half the screen when you fire them. Mm-hmm. I thought, I might actually just duck in, duck into Raiden and have a bit of a game. Uh-huh. Hey, that's, that's odd. The button's only working, like, every third, third time. Huh. Maybe I need to hit it harder. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, okay, so that's the horrible truth. That when I learned that after playing so many shooters, yeah. so many fighters, yeah. uh, that I really buggered up the A button on the Player One controller. Not the A button. Yeah, that is a, a pretty essential button. Yes. Now, long-time listeners of the podcast would know that I the, the same button on Player Two yes. had become faulty in this, much in the same way. Now, these have like little micro-switches in them, and to be fair... Number one, they're probably not great quality. Number two, you probably shouldn't pound on them <laughs> and give them the kind of punishment that I was doing. Yeah. That, that, but you expect to give an arcade. Like, no, yeah. I think no matter what happens, these buttons will wear out eventually. And this one wore out. Yeah, yeah. And it, it soured my taste. Like, you don't need that button because it's like soft, soft punch yeah. for, um, for Street Fighter 2. But it yeah, soured yeah. my experience of it's not working properly. Yeah. And so I played a little bit of Street Fighter 2 and I just went, I just, it's not feeling right. Just yeah. The, the, the knowledge that one of these buttons wasn't working. Even if you never hit light punch. Yeah. You like you want to know that you have the option to hit light punch. You want to know that all of your options are available even if yeah. you've never used, even if that button's rusted over by that stage. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I just, it was just the end of a bad day of gaming experiences. Like it doesn't happen to me that often, but I just kind of shut it, shut it all down. Yeah, it does happen sometimes. Yeah. You just went, no, I've just had enough. Yep. I just had enough. So, good news is that um, I only had two spare buttons, and they were the buttons up the top of the arcade, which I have no idea what they do. I think just play, adds <laughs> player one, player two. One destroys the world. Just never press that button. Possibly, yes. <laughs> it just blows up China. Um, yeah, maybe. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I swapped out the buttons again, but um, I know that this is the last time I can do it. I'll actually have to buy some more better quality buttons next time. Mm. So, I'll probably just buy a straight six and just replace them all. Sure. That seems like the like the the good thing. Because if you don't, I mean, inevitably the other ones will wear out. You'll have the same experience. Exactly. Most of them have a fresh set, and then yep. they'll all have roughly the same lifespan. You would yeah. hope. So. I would hope. Yeah. I mean, you never well, know. probably. Um, I actually went to get some today, and the one pinball arcade place that sells that kind of stuff in Canberra. Yeah. And they were in the process of moving from one location up the street to another location. The guy was very nice. Like I talked to him a bit. They had so many pinball machines there and some so many classic arcades, like a warehouse full of these things. Awesome. It was just like nice just to even glance at them. Many, most of them are off and like some of them were, were just like, you could tell they were pinballs, but they were like wrapped in plastic up on shelves, like massive warehouse style yeah. shelves. And this guy said, oh yeah, I'll, I'll get you some buttons, but we're, I don't know where they are at the moment because we're in the, 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 
the um, process of moving. So that guy will get back to me. Right. Um, so, you know, having an arcade is an experience where you do have to keep repairing stuff because it's an arcade. And if you treat it like an arcade, yeah, rather than a piece of art, uh, <laughs> then things will break on it, you know, occasionally. But luckily, yeah. the, the main processor, which is, I think, half a laptop, as far <laughs> as I can fathom, and the CRT monitor have not conked out on me yet and they're my two biggest fears cool so yeah i mean the crt would be a big problem yeah but uh, all of this happened on father's day right there you go there you go so my my father's day was uh i think probably interesting in terms of in comparison to yours because i think we both had the idea of maybe get away from our child for a little while. It's an ironic thing that, as a father, Mm. your wish for Father's Day is to not be a father. But Uh, I gotta say, that was the thing I was joking about, (laughs) but when I got to Father's Day... (coughs) Sorry, pardon me. That's right. Uh, when I got to Father's Day, I just went, no, I just, I do actually want to spend time because my, my wife's at home with the child all the time and yeah. I actually have to go to work. And I was very appreciative of the fact that I could spend this day with my daughter. So I did. Yeah. We went out, we went to the markets. We had a nice uh, kind of uh, breakfast. We actually went to um, Costco to buy a whole bunch of stuff. Sure, the old Father's Day Costco trip. Yeah. A uh, hallowed tradition. She didn't seem to mind so much. Um, cool. We, we had a bit of fun. Went back, I, I played my, my damn crappy games, uh, yeah. and uh, I got a present. Mei-chan gave me a nice watch oh, that lovely. has like an extra, like the, the face is made of bamboo, so it's like really light, really oh. lightweight, and the strap is like three times as long on either side, so you can wrap the leather strap around your arm several times to give it kind of more of a, kind of a groovy sort of metro look, I suppose. And okay. I, I really like that, it's, uh, it's a really cool watch. Cool. So that was a, a really nice day for me. Uh, and then yeah. the end of the, the day, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, this, is, this has been a really nice Father's Day. My very first Father's Day, really nice. The end of the day, like just when we were about to sit down and have a nice dinner, she started doing this scream, which we'd never heard before. Just, <laughs> rah, rah, rah. And she was okay. She was just yeah. expressing herself in a, a new form of pain, apparently beyond the four dimensions, which we're already <laughs> familiar with. Yeah. Uh, so they ended up going to bed a bit earlier just so they could get her to sleep. Uh, Maria and my wife and, uh-huh. and Mecha, my baby, ended up going to bed. And I was just left going, well, that was a great day up until the bit where, you know, there was a fifth dimensional scream happening in my brain. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I remember looking at this day going, yeah, you know, I, I did actually get to spend some, some time playing games. I, I went out and I had a really lovely Father's Day. And then I remembered you, who <laughs> wanted to get away from her baby for a day, his baby yeah. for a day. Yeah. And uh, you were stuck with your baby all day. Yeah. So that's the, the irony is that um, a couple of months ago, my wife asked me, what would you like for your Father's Day? And I, I, I thought about it, I thought, I don't really need anything new. I don't need stuff, you know. But what I would love is a, if I had to choose a present, it would be... A lovely day where I get to just play video games, drink beer, watch Game of Thrones. Just generally like a dad day. You know, a day where I can just kick back and do what dad wants to do. Um, And then in the months intervening, Meg got a full-time job, returned to work. She works on Sundays. Uh, 
in brackets, I'm just going to say right now, um, Father's Day in Australia is different to Father's Day in the US. It is. We should, uh, we should uh, so, yeah, clarify we have, that. We had Father's Day recently. I think you guys in the US had Father's Day a month June? or two back. Yeah. Yeah, it's in June. I think the first Sunday of June. Yeah. It's like a month after Mother's Day, right. which is the same for us. Kind of makes sense. I can see why people would do that. For some reason, Father's Day is a movable feast, but but Mother's Day is is the same. Mother's Day you... is much more important. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. That's true. They do they do the bulk of the work. We're just there for the uh, you know the the side benefits, fringe benefits. Um, <laughs> you know. Anyway, so yeah, so that was what I wanted for, for Father's Day. But yes, as, as I said, Meg works Sundays now. Uh, so I had this plan of spending the day with my dad, bringing Ruby over. So it'd be like, you know, he could have like Father's Day with his son and his granddaughter. I could have Father's Day with my dad and my daughter. And it would just be this kind of family day, you know. They fell sick. Uh, so they cancelled. Oh, no. And so I was stuck. So at- you didn't even get that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was stuck at home with one hand and uh, a very energetic baby. It sounds like a magic trick. <laughs> yeah. So she... Look, to be honest with you, we did end up having quite a nice day together. Yeah. In the end, just I, I will say, for the first hour or so, I was quite, I was quite grumpy, um, but in by the end of the day, we had a, we had a good laugh, and um, you know, when Meg came home, I said oh, I had a great day. So it didn't, it turned out okay, but I didn't get my wish. Um, are you gonna? Are you gonna? Maybe you should like. So tomorrow's Saturday. Maybe you could move the date. It's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> We're too busy. Meg needs me too much to be able to, for me to be able to like check out for a day. So. That has come and gone, that op- that opportunity. But as um, always, next year. Yeah, and yeah. it's somewhat ironic because you you got a, a flash cool watch for your Father's Day. Present. Yeah, yeah, it was a really nice surprise. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, do you know what, you know what I got for my Father's Day? Uh, Ruby threw up on you. No, <laughs> that did happen actually. <laughs> but uh, what I got for my Father's Day was books for Ruby. <laughs> um, so look, they're lovely. I mean, to be honest with you, that sounds that sounds like I'm being really shitty about it. But they're actually really cute books. They're like about dads, and they're for me to read to her and stuff. Oh, that's so nice. That's it's very like, cute. It's actually really lovely. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't want to sound like great. It's kind of like the 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 ethos of Father's Day. Yeah. It's actually you know, for you to be a father. Like my my wife to help you be a father. My wife, or if you like my daughter, like let's just pretend that my daughter picked these out for me. Um, for a minute. Uh, you know they did a perfect job. Like they're the it's the best present really, mm. which is memories that you have with your child, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I will say, part of me was just like. I didn't get a watch. <laughs> um, and you know what's funny is that my wife did the same yeah. thing. Like she said, oh, Mei-chan, Mei-chan went to McDonald's and yeah. worked. And then she went online and chose this really nice watch for you. And yeah. I had this really cute image of my head of my my uh, my two-month-old daughter, like with her hand on the mask going, I'm buying on my... And then that won't be like so funny in 10 years' time when she gets her hands on my credit card. Oh, God. Yeah. So... But like, yeah, as I said, it was actually a really, a really nice day. Yeah. And um, it, those it books, is, it is great being a father. I'll read those books to her um, when she's old enough not to tear them to shreds. Um, so a few years down the track. So, but t- until then, you know, I'll just sh- just cuddle her and stuff. I suppose. <laughs> um, so I guess uh, we should we should probably start wrapping this up. Do you want to take a quick break and then we'll wrap it up? Yeah, um, I've, I've got a quiz for you. So I think it's break time. <laughs> take your hands off my penis. This is Democracy Manifest! (laughs) 
For what? A meal? A succulent Chinese meal? Just get the casa. <laughs> ah, yes, I see you know your judo well. Oh, God. Uh, you, we watched it again during the break. <laughs> we did. Oh, we did. It's, so, it's magnificent. Oh, dear. This is Democracy Manifest. <laughs> That guy, he should be on stage. Oh, I just really hope that guy's still alive somewhere. <laughs> Sadly, he has a new life now. He died in the jail cell later that night. <laughs> Beaten to death. <laughs> death in custody. Oh, dear. But it was all worth it for that clip. Yeah, that's right. All right, I have a quiz for you. How now, dare you? I... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm under a what? <laughs> a quiz? <laughs> a succulent quiz? <laughs> we need to stop. But we're not going to. Because uh, this quiz was put together at five o'clock this morning. Oh, brilliant. So I went to bed a little earlier than I usually would have um, because uh, my wife was feeling really tired and I just thought, I'll go to bed. We'll all go to bed together and, um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll calm down and just relax. Sure. And my wife said, oh, yes, we, we can talk in bed. You know, we can spend some time. To- <laughs> like, I was tricked. I'm already in my, I'm, I'm already in my boxer shorts. And I'm too uh, lazy to get out of them. So I went to bed and of course I wake up at 5 o'clock or 4.30 in the morning. Sure. And then after about rolling around in bed for like uh, like half an hour, I just kind of went, I'm not getting back to sleep, am I? So I decided, oh yeah, I need to do that quiz thing because I'm hosting. Sure. So I put together a quiz. A lot of it was off the top of my head. So <laughs> damn, I hope it's it's all accurate. The product of your sleep-addled brain. Yes. And this is one of those things that I put together and I thought, okay, the basics of a quiz are here uh-huh. and I will, you know, edit it so it's a fuller, better quiz with actual readable sentences later on. Now, this didn't happen <laughs> oh, because I went to work and <laughs> then I had to come here, you know, like I, I got home and I had an hour of like taking care of baby. Sure. All right. So... <clears throat> Babies have I, a way of ruining this podcast. Yes. Not, e- not even by, like, crying, but just by their, their sheer existence. Sheer existence alone <laughs> will ruin your podcast. We should put a, a warning out there. Uh, I mean, this is game life balance. That's right. So if the quality of this podcast suffers, this is not that's a lot just of... part of the fun. That's just part of the fun. That's what we keep telling the punters out yeah, there. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So... This is called the Ultra Rare Games Quiz. Ooh. So basically, I just had this idea because I was thinking of uh, of like ultra rare games the other day, like really, really rare games. Okay. Okay. Uh, And I want you to tell me whether it's true or false. Sure. True or false quiz. Is this a real game or is it not a real game? Okay, and they're all rare games. And they're not, all rare games. And not, not like... Some of them are real, some of them are fake real. When we say rare games, <laughs> we don't mean like Conker's Bad Fur Day or Banjo-Kazooie. We mean... Oh, uh, but I take that off my list. Games that are actually rare. Yeah, Not yeah, developed yeah. by rare. rare. Yeah. When I was looking up this for my last couple of questions, I came across rare and I went, Conker's Bad Fur Day is kind of not that common. Oh, wait a minute, I get it now. It's rare. I mean, you know, it was five o'clock in the morning. I have a suspicion that they chose that name to drive up the prices of their games. I make people go, oh, it's a rare game. I better charge more money because it's rare. A lot, of, a lot of those games are not rare, but people who have copies tend to hold onto them, and right. that's what drives up prices. It's kind of like Pokemon. Pokemon is not rare, mm. but the games are more expensive because Pokemon is still popular. Yeah, people love that Pokemans. Oh, yeah. I love poking a mans myself. Okay. <laughs> it's my so- favorite thing to do. <laughs> go for it, baby. Just not with that thumb. I'm going to use squirt gun on a man. <laughs> Okay, back to the quiz. <laughs> so, first question. Super effective. 
We've all heard of Super Mario 64. <laughs> it's pretty super effective, folks. Trust me. Sorry. We've all heard of... Sorry, go on. <laughs> I'm going to start reading the quiz, the quiz out myself. I see you know your judo well. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so, we all know Super Mario 64, and we, some of us, have heard of the Nintendo 64 disk drive, which was zip disks mm-hmm. made for a special drive mm-hmm. that was only released in Japan. Okay. Now, recently, one copy... Of Super Mario 64 ever so slightly tweaked was actually found to exist as a disc for the Nintendo 64 disc drive. Okay. Double D or DD. Is this true or false? Double D. I like the sound of that. (laughs) Um, hmm, Is it true or false that someone found a slightly tweaked version? Mm -hmm. An official version. It is from Nintendo. Mario 64 for the disc drive. Yep. Hmm. The double D. Look, it sounds realistic. I'm going to say true. It is true, yes. It was actually found in a second-hand st- shop, and someone bought it. It was for a bit of money, but, like, this game, because it was never released widely to the public, huh. people went, oh, this is this is like a, almost like a prototype version, which, which was never fully released. So, uh, it has been put up online, if you're interested. I don't really find Super Mario 64 interesting myself. One of the worst Mario games, really. Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know? Game. Do you know what makes it different, or is that not in your notes? No, I think uh, I think it has some stuff to do with the title screen for the most oh, part. Really? Maybe that's all. <laughs> not not a lot. No, it doesn't like, for I, example, make the game really... fun or anything. <laughs> Look, I don't think there's many things you could do to actually make that game fun. Let's make it two D. Anyway, moving yes, on. Yes, actually, yes. I would play that game if it was two. That would sound like a magnificent two D. <laughs> Sorry, I know that uh, this is this is gonna really really piss off a certain subsection of our audience because that's yeah. what we do. We like to alienate our listeners, alienate and annoy. Uh, yeah, that's uh, oh, alienate uh, and annoy is definitely should be written in in Latin <laughs> beneath <laughs> Game Life Balance Australia. Alienatum et annoyum. That sounds right. <laughs> I can't believe you started <laughs> Latin for like ten years, and that's the best <laughs> you could come up with. Uh, it was seven. Actually. <laughs> um, actually. Okay. So, yeah. Rob 1, AC 0. So, we've all heard of Primal Rage, like that, uh, basically, gorillas and dinosaurs yeah. beating the snot out of yeah. each other. That was a good game when you were, like, 15. Yep. Yeah. There was actually a Primal Rage 2, Okay. and there's only one playable arcade in Chicago, Illinois, I believe. Or well, someplace in Illinois. True okay. or false? Hmm. That's where Chicago is, right? Hmm. Yes, it is. Uh, to my knowledge. You know what? That sounds true, because I think I've heard of Primal Rage 2. Is that mm. right? Is that true? That is true. Yes. Okay, good. That is true. So there, there's only one playable version of it. It was released in prototype form, more or less. I think it was probably to a test market. And I don't think the company that was doing Primal Rage... There was there was a glut of, of fighters at the time. Yeah, was this was around the time we had, like, you know... You had like a uh, clay fighter and yeah. all those like weird. The, the, the um, they, they all had a gimmick. Yeah, you know, it was kind of the um, you know Killer Instinct was coming out. Rival of schools. Of... Just yeah. there's too many fighting games around. It was, so. and they they all yeah. tried to have their own their own separate thing. What okay. was the one? Their own gimmick. Oh, bloody roar! That was another. Yeah, there's a ton of these. These sort of like media. So why would you need a promo rage to where one exists, but probably just the one at mm. this point. Okay, next. Mario Brothers, not Super Mario Brothers, but the original Mario Brothers. Oh, God, okay. Due to a licensing commitment that only lasts two months, 
<laughs> was released for the Sega Mark III console, which is the equivalent of the uh, Master System in Japan. Wow. Japan only two Mario months. on the Sega? How could that ever be? Look, uh, I've never heard of this, but I've never heard of a lot of things. <laughs> But this time I'm going to trust my, my knowledge of video games. I yeah. say that's false. That is false, yes. Uh, however, Super Mario did actually appear on the original Atari 2600. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. There you go. Mario Brothers. I actually have a copy of that on there. I mean, because... Oh, wait. No, I think I've... Have we... Yeah. I've seen... I, no. You probably would have seen it. I think I saw Donkey Kong Jr. Yeah, I have, it has I have Mario that, in it. That is interesting because I have yeah. that for the 7800, which would have been around about the same time as... Um, but that was a Nintendo property on... An Atari console again. Yes, so. yes. That, that that was once again a little bit of a weird licensing issue. I probably should have actually tricked you with the um, Atari property there, actually. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, okay, next one. Hmm. Next one, you're doing very well so far. So this is this is less funny and more of like a, an interest quiz. Yeah. Uh, next, Peekaboo Poker, where you play poker and women take off their clothes. Sweet. For the NES, Nintendo Entertainment System. Wow, for the NES. The True family, the family console. Yep. Par excellence. Um, for the Nintendo. See, when you say Nintendo, you don't mean Famicom. Because if you said Famicom, I'd be like, "Oh, those crazy, no, no, po- no, no. Po- poi void of Japanese. They love, they love the bulbs." <laughs> I don't know what accent I'm doing right now. I don't know they, either. It's like some sort of like Australian Brooklyn combination. <laughs> they love the bull boys. <laughs> well, it's certainly not Japanese. Yeah. Um. <laughs> look, what's it called? Peekaboo Poker. Yeah. Alliteration at its finest. Now, I, when, is, you is alliterate, that, when you alliterate, you're always lying to me. <laughs> but, I mean, this is this is like five o'clock in the morning as <laughs> AC talking, so I may have thrown you a curveball. Is here. alliteration too hard for five o'clock in the morning? Possibly. Possibly, yes. Um, but for the Nintendo. I'm going to say false. I'm going to say false. It is actually true. Oh, it what? Was an, it was an unlicensed game. Oh. Uh, and they made a whole bunch of these. They are very rare and very difficult to come across, especially okay. if you're trying to have a a full collection, which includes unlicensed games yeah. in America. That'd be tough. So imagine everyone who's trying to do that squabbling over these. Yeah, basically. They, they go for hundreds and hundreds, maybe even over a thousand a line. Wow. But they don't even come up that often. But uh, yeah, they're, they're not great. I've, I've seen footage. It's not great. I mean... See- <laughs> but you know, like, maybe in 1988... Like I mean, you... that's the only way you're going to see boobs, isn't it? Is by playing <laughs> poker on your NES. Sorry, these days, these days there are many, many ways you can see boobs. Okay, next one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, following off the back of the success of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and The Simpsons, sure. Konami developed five prototype machines of Widget the World Watcher arcade <laughs> beat 'em up, <laughs> where you have to. <laughs> Where you have to go around fighting generic-looking green slimes and sometimes purple slimes. God, sorry. I haven't thought about Widget for very many years. Widget, the world watcher. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Widget, the w- I can I remember the song. Mm. Um, God, he was a he was a purple bloke, wasn't he? He was a, he was a, a shape-changing. I think I think his brain came out of his wristwatch or something. Yeah, that sounds about or right. Or it was his companion brain or something that you had all the knowledge but was an idiot. All I know about Widget was it was sort of like inspired by that same like desperation to like teach children about the environment that like spawned Captain Planet. Yeah, but this but is like, this is Cap- like the poor man's Captain Planet. Wid- I don't know. <laughs> so I, is this true? I liked I liked Widget more than Captain Planet, and I'm going to tell you why. Widget <laughs> didn't have a mullet. 
Um, that's that was one of Captain Planet's only endearing qualities. Because, no, because as as a, even as a kid, I was I was like ruthlessly classist and looked down on people with mullets. As as my social as my social I would like to say inferiors. This is, this is someone who is coming from the <laughs> arse end of Canberra. <laughs> A place called Camba. That's right, because where where <laughs> you set on fire are a weekly occurrence down the main strip. Yeah, there was like burnt out cars, you know, tire fires, and uh, you know, um, homeless beggars crawling around looking for a place to die. Um, Usually in the back of a Ute. And that's I think that gave me an acute sense of my place because I was like, well, at least I don't have a mullet. Um, <laughs> There's still time. Maybe doing it rough, but yeah. Well, okay, we did the World Watcher beat him up arcade. Prototype only five machines yeah, exist. False. True or false? It's got to be false. It is false. Yeah, I'd love it to be true, but I just can't imagine. I just, I just really wanted to get Widget the <laughs> World Watcher in here and just like slap yeah. you around the face with that. Yeah, well, well mission accomplished because I, I got a good chuckle out of that. So. Okay, here's one. Here's one for the Australian people. Uh huh. Perfect match. Oh wow. Perfect match was a a dating quiz show yes. from the uh, late eighties, early nineties. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, was a Commodore sixty four game. Based off the Australian dating TV quiz show, oh. was taken off the market after two months because the robot Dexter made crude and, mind you, only text-only remarks. <laughs> hmm, that Dexter. So Dexter was the robot there. Apparently, he was making crude I remarks. Don't, you know what? I used to watch that show occasionally. Yeah, and I don't remember Dexter, but I'm sure he's real. Look. I'm going to say true only because there are a lot of Commodore 64 games out there. False. Damn it. Damn it. That was... Once again, I just wanted to take you back to... to <laughs> so... <laughs> trip down memory lane. Yeah, well, I mean, it was like... It was a terrible dating show where everyone had a mullet or shoulder pads or both. Yeah. Um, and the the Dexter the robot... Was there just like a, a cheap kind of like toy robot that they'd imported over and like every time he spoke his eyes lit up and stuff like that. I don't think it was yeah. actually that crude. Yeah. But when I heard about like the, the 2000s series Dexter about like this mass murderer, the first thing I thought of was like just this mass murdering mini robot going on like a dating... This dating robot. <laughs> dating serial murderous spree that's yeah like that was like just because i was overseas at the time that was what i thought takes girls out for a lovely spaghetti dinner and takes them home and eviscerates them yeah basically yeah but, but it was a, it was a very cute robot <laughs> okay so okay. next one so there was a radio show called all night nippon which i think might still be going probably not hmm. I, I don't know i don't listen to the radio in japan it's possibly worse than the television <laughs> so all night nippon radio show released a special basically hack version of Super Mario Brothers for the Famicom Disk System, only 3,000 were made and given out as prizes. A hack version of Super Mario... Which one? Super Mario... Not that this matters, but... So the very first Super oh. Mario Brothers. Okay. So basically, it was a ROM hack made by uh, All Night Nippon, the radio show, in conjunction with Nintendo, so it was official and just gave them out as prizes. God, there's been some great ROM hacks for that game. Yeah. But, look... Yeah... Eh, Japan... I'm gonna say true. It is true. Hooray! It is actually true. So the, these, if you're trying to go for like a full uh, Famicom disc system set, number one, you're an idiot. Because <laughs> there there are some really rare ones, like uh, ones that were only like gold discs that were only <laughs> given out as prizes. Uh, and this one, like the only thing I can tell that's different is that like some of the backgrounds are different and it's night most of the time. 
and that's it. <laughs> like it's not it's not a great rom hack to be completely honest. Sure. I should say just in passing, my favorite rom hack of Super Mario Brothers is a game called Super Pimp Brothers. <laughs> so do go check that out. Um, it's basically the same game except um, Mario's wearing a pink pimp hat with a feather and there are lots of signs with the word beer written on them and then an arrow pointing to the right so basically just head towards the right of the screen run into because, beer because apparently there's beer that way I don't know what pimps and beers have in common other than that, like they're both vaguely kind of cool to like a 13 year old kid I would play that um, as a 13 year old kid <laughs> anyway Super Pimp Brothers highly recommended okay next one okay there is an unlicensed NES game called Action 52, which I think was covered on James Rolfe's channel, sure. uh, Angry Video Game Nerd. Yep. Uh, he did all 52 games, most of them terrible shooters and platformers. Uh, the uh, the Piece de la Resistance was a game which they were hoping to become a franchise called Cheaterman. That's right, Cheaterman. Cheaterman was a terrible game. However, there was a Cheaterman 2 which was incredibly, incredibly rare, and even if you got your hands on it, was basically unplayable. Right. Because it wasn't even finished. Uh-huh. But it did exist as a cartridge. Cheaterman 2, true or false? True. It is true, yes. Yes. Because I, I think you've won this game. I think I saw her. I think there was a follow-up <laughs> video that actually covered that game. So... Yeah, that is that is yeah. true. All right, well, it's six to two, so yeah, you've pretty much won. But I'll I'll, I'll go steadfastly on anyway. Okay. Th- there was actually like a Kickstarter to finish the coding for Cheaterman Two. I don't know whether that succeeded or not, but I kind of hope it didn't because that's <laughs> just terrible. It's not good games. All right, Munch Munch Man. It's a Pac Man clone for the Atari Fifty Two Hundred, where the main character gets power ups by eating long stit sticks with red dots at the end. Which, when you eat, the ghosts turn into hamburgers. This was taken off the market because parents thought this was a marijuana reference. <laughs> God, yeah. Can't have the kids learning about marijuana through video games. Now, there were a prolific number of Pac-Man clones at the time. But am I <laughs> bluffing you this time with Monkey Man? <coughs> I'm sorry. Look, I'm going to say... I'm going to say parents back then were not clued in enough to know that munchies was a thing. So I'm going to say... False. It is false. I made that up. I had a lot of fun making that up, actually. Because yeah. yeah. it has this, the Munch Munch Man, actually. Like, you could make that today and probably make a mint off it. <laughs> Patent pending. All right, last one. There are only 21 or so games made for the Virtual Boy. One of those games, which only, once again, exists in prototype form on three cartridges, is Beavis and Butthead Virtual Reality Sucks. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hmm. And for which system, sorry? The Virtual Boy. Virtual reality sucks. <laughs> you know what? There'll be the perfect game for the Virtual Boy, which did in fact suck. Um, the, the bitter irony of trying to like send up their own system and then and then having that send up actually be be true. Uh, look, it only existed in prototype form. <laughs> I mean, the system died. It, it died. It died a horrible, horrible death. Uh, false. It is false. Yeah. Yes. Brilliant. I wanted to say true. For once, I didn't say true just because I wanted it to be true. <laughs> I it just it just seems so true. Like the the, the the like Beavis and Butthead was hot around that time. Of time. Yeah. It's like, oh, maybe we could like just get like virtual reality sucks out the door. I probably accidentally said virtual boy sucks. Then anyway, <laughs> that's uh, fine. Either way, uh, I just really like the idea of a virtual like a virtual boy version of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> but you resoundly won that quiz. Great. Uh, it wasn't a difficult quiz, I guess, but uh, it was fun to. Yeah. Do at five o'clock this morning. That was interesting. I think I learned a little bit. I feel a bit more confident about my knowledge in video games. So that's that's cool. true. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these were were very much retro games because mm. 
rarity is not a th- is not such a big deal in the digital age. No, I mean it's rare. Rarity these days is actually kind of hard to achieve. Yeah, um, because I mean, even if you only print a certain amount, a number, a certain amount of years, and a certain amount of notoriety has to happen. And there's such a flood of video games on the market that things can be sure only three copies may be made, but if nobody cares about it, then there's yeah. nobody's going to care about it in you know twenty years. The only thing that comes even the only thing that comes even close in my mind is like you know how the Flappy Bird creator took Flappy Bird off the App Store. Um, yeah, that is genuinely something that actually does work because yeah. uh, people were selling their phones yeah. with that game on it, because so like you hipsters can- could have it. Because, like, for example, if if you put up a, a PC game and then took it down, people could just pirate it very easily. But but there's an extra level of complication involved in pirating a phone game that would, even though it's not that difficult, I expect, it would just be enough of a barrier to stop most people from bothering. So, you know, unless you want to go and jailbreak your phone, like, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. so I think a phone game that has only been downloadable for a limited period of time might be the closest thing to that. But yeah, rarity is is a thing of the past. It's rare to have a rare game. And that's kind of funny, isn't it? A bit, maybe. A little. Hmm. So I think, yeah, I mean, I, I really like when these things come up. And I think PT is another example of that. Yeah, that's true. PT, that's a good example as well. Yeah. Uh, where, yeah. you know, whereas that game was, I mean, not to say that Flappy Bird wasn't competent, um, but it, it certainly <laughs> didn't have the, the sort of complications that no. PT did. Yes. Uh, and, you know, that was another thing. So I guess these things still can happen, mm. but uh, but they're more of an immediate effect if they do happen. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily... I mean, and, and there are yeah. efforts underway to... To preserve these things as well. Yes. They are rather sort of like, shall we say, morally grey. Um, but yes, people are out there doing doing God's work, I suppose. Or the devil's work, depending on which side of the fence you sit on. Um, but yes, these things will be preserved, you know, by hook or by crook. Um, and I think that's good, though. Like, because yeah. video preservation has become a lot more prevalent uh, with, with online online culture these days because people are beginning to notice that, yeah, if these things are gone, yeah. they're gone. Like, there, there would be some little-known Commodore 64 game that only existed on magnetic tape or, you know, a magnetic disc, and that might be gone forever now. Like, you know, the original computer that did the coding's gone, the disc's gone, the tapes are gone, and maybe only one or two people remember it and can't find it online. Yeah, yeah. So we need to avoid that, and... You know, perhaps we're preserving games that don't deserve it, but yeah, the point, so. it's a historical thing. It's not really about whether the game's good or not. It just comes down to like preserving a piece of history, really. So. And I think we got quite serious at the end there. Well, we, there's, think... there's your obligatory, very serious, not funny chat about games that you can expect from a stream of nonsense. Yeah. Okay. Well, Rob, read the copy. Sure. All right. Well, we'll come to the end of the episode. Uh, so let me just say that we both hope you've enjoyed listening. To Game Life Balance Australia. Which is democracy. <laughs> it's, it's democracy at work. Or what, what do you say? <laughs> it's suc- democracy manifest. <laughs> the succulent Australian edition <laughs> of the Game Life Balance podcast. Uh, you can Get visit- your hand off my penis. This bloke touched me on the penis. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop. You can, you can visit us on the web at Game Life Balance Australia.com, where you'll find links to our podcast feeds, video content, blog posts, and links to our sister show in the US. I see you know your judo well. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter. I, that's me, am at reboarded. AC over here, the prod tally, at at P-R-O-D-T-A-L-L-Y. 
Uh, and our official Twitter feed is at GLB Australia. If you enjoyed listening to this, God help you. Uh, but do please uh, rate us and give us a positive review on iTunes, which really helps. And, and do tell your friends too. If you if you aren't too ashamed of the fact that you listen to this show, tell them that you listen to it. Tell them you get a laugh out of it or something out of it or, you know, that it at least gives you something to mock during the week. And you're something that you could laugh at, at how bad it is. And that's fun too. We don't really care why you listen to this. We just care that you do. So uh, do share this around by whatever methods uh, you you have at your disposal, other than criminal methods, which we do not condone. Except Unless you touch a man on the penis. That's right. That's that's the best way. So do go around touching people on the penis. So if you're enjoying and- a, a meal, a succulent Chinese meal, just go up to the person next to you. <laughs> succulent is such a funny word. I just the way he said it was just so brilliant. It's a strange a succulent Chinese meal. It's a strange choice of words. But anyway, um, we'll we'll continue dwelling on that on that video for the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, and and I want to I want that guy that bloke. I want to track him down <laughs> and I want him to 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 do the spoken book version of the assassins of Rakhine of Islam by Bernard Lewis. <laughs> A succulent sect? A um, succulent sect? Uh, I'm under a what? You were trying to An receive... Assassin? Receive my limp radical sect? <laughs> uh, look. Limp radical sect. Limp radical sect has to be the name of this episode. Oh, God. I guess it does, doesn't it? Uh, but look, with that, yeah, do do check out our, our US compatriots. Uh, they have a fine podcast, very much worth listening to, that's, uh, I would say, 50% less offensive than ours, um, but just about as good. <laughs> so do do that and uh yeah thank you very much for listening thank to you. us thank you and ta-ta and farewell Charge. Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? Yes.